This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. Every time they win, you owe me a Woo Pig Suey. Woo Pig Suey. Woo Pig Suey. Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. We the North are now we the champions. The Raptors, the 2019 NBA champs. According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpups. They want the wheel route. Jace Kinnaman down the near sideline. Can he track it down? Yes! Jace Kinnaman is a 10, 5, touchdown Bullpups! Everything happening in the sports world. Here comes McCready. Oh, he just sucked the gravity right out of the building. What a play by T-Man. And even some things not happening in the sports world. So are you not a fan of, of your athletes on your teams going on The Bachelor or Bachelorette? I don't care. I don't watch it. I don't care. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online, worldwide, at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in the entire city of McPherson, the entire Midwest, and especially South Central McPherson County, Mr. Steve Sell. South Central McPherson County? You're sort of a South Central guy. I don't know about that. Good afternoon, Steve. Good afternoon. Are you excited for your holiday tomorrow? Because you deserve a day off. I do deserve a day off. Are you excited? Are you feeling festive? Are you feeling patriotic? I always feel patriotic. Are you singing, you're a grand old flag, you're well, a high-flying flag? I, I don't sing. I can hear it in your in your whistle and, and your hums. I think you're starting to feel it. I like the 4th of July. I think it's a great day. I could see you being a big 4th of July guy. Have you bought any fireworks? No. Are you going to go buy some fireworks? No. What if you and I just come up to the radio station tonight, out in the parking lot, and just start blowing up buckets and wheelbarrows and, and refrigerators and all sorts of stuff? I don't think that would fly. You don't want to do that? Well, I, it would fly if you put the I don't think firecracker in the owner, bucket. I don't think our owners would If, if we destroyed the parking lot? Yeah. No, it'd be a bad idea. Well, Steve, you and I... I don't know why I've been coughing so much lately really for number been. one. I can't get through a show without coughing and having to clear my throat but you're getting you, old i know it's scary 24 and a half is approaching on july 13th well 62 and a half i've always heard 24 and a half is the big one well, that once you get over on the other side of that mountain that it's all downhill i'm trying to think uh how let's see what year would i've been i've been 1981 for me so <laughs> things have never been good since 1981 i guess for not you. i guess not well steve you and i were out at the pipeliners game last night and it was a very strange game one of the reasons was there were like bombs going off the entire game and not the sound of the bat or the ball leaving the yard, just fireworks all around the diamond. Steve started looking around for a while and going, what is all that banging out there? And it was M80s and yeah, firecrackers. Yeah, but it, 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 was, it was causing, it sounded like somebody was taking a baseball bat and beating the side of the press box <laughs> last night. I mean, I, I didn't know what was, I didn't know it was the fireworks. I mean, I was just kind of. You know, I, I, at first I said the pistol. I said, is that an earthquake? Is it a tremor? <laughs> is it a tremor? And, of course, pistol 
coming from Florida, you know, he doesn't know, probably doesn't even know what earthquakes are. They probably don't even have those. In they just Florida. know what hurricanes are. Right. Down in, down in South Beach. Right. It was also just a very strange game. There was a situation late in the game where the team that the Pipeliners were playing intentionally walked a batter to bring up the tying run in the ninth inning. Yeah, very bizarre. There were just a lot of strange decisions, and it's usually a baseball no-no to intentionally walk or, or put on bring the tying, the run, tying run on base. Oh, on base, yeah, right. That's typically your no-no. And the winning run to the plate. Right, that's typically your no-no. But what the team they were playing last night did, and I, and I think the rule's a little different at Light Capital Diamond, because the wind blows out and it is a small park. Right. So your rule of thumb is probably don't bring the tying run to the plate right. and bring the bases loaded. Yeah. And it, it ended up working out for the other team because they ended up winning the game. But there were a lot of strange decisions in the game. It was a long night at the ballpark. There are fireworks going off. They're intentionally walking people late in the game. It was an interesting night it at was, the stadium. And, you know, it was interesting because – um, it was the, the Kansas Cannons are the t- they're a half game behind Wellington in the league. They got four losses apiece and had a really big crowd at the start. A lot yeah. of tailgating going on in the outfield and the Pipeliners should you know they'd won four or five and playing great and inexplicably they came out really flat. Uh, they made about they made one physical error in the first inning, but about two or three mental errors. Yeah, uh, you know they had a potential ground ball that would have ended the inning only got one out instead of a double play they end up giving up four runs and they were down seven to one then really made a nice comeback scored three runs in the eighth three runs in the ninth they batted around in both innings but left the bases loaded in both innings they just couldn't get that clutch hit but uh, um, they're done with the cannons thank goodness the cannons are kind of their kryptonite uh, they're eight and ten uh, the pipeliners are eight and ten in the league but they're eight and four against teams not named the cannons so the Cannons have really kind of had their number this year. And uh, it just it wrapped up a four-game homestand. Now they're home tomorrow night on 4th of July night at 630. But they have played a ton of home games. It seems like you and I have spent our lives this summer out at the ballpark. I know. Because when you go to a Pipeliners game, you just book three hours. That's three hours one way or the other. You're not. It's not going to be any less. It's not going to be – actually, it was more last night. It was about 315 by the time we got out. It was – 10.50 when we got out of the park last night. Steve, I was driving back from Light Capital Diamond, and I heard a very funny story that your friend Denny Matthews was telling on the broadcast okay. as the Royals were taking on the Indians. Okay. And I wanted to share this story because Denny's not that funny all the time. No. But I thought this story was very funny. And I, and I pulled off the audio, and I wanted you to hear it okay. because it involves a St. Louis Cardinal. Oh, no. It reminds me of Joe Garagiola, who did some Cardinal baseball at the start of his broadcasting career. Cardinals had a catcher named Hal Smith who came up from the minor leagues. And in his first big league game, according to Joe Garagiola, was a runner at third. There's a high pop foul off the bat of Whit Merrifield. Whit, by the way, a three-hit game, three singles and a run scored. So Hal Smith in his first major league game as a catcher, there's a runner at third base and a fly ball to the outfield. And there was going to be a play at the plate. And Graziola said that Hal Smith got so excited, he, instead of taking off his mask and throwing it aside, he threw his glove away. 
No way. And left the mask. Are you kidding me? And the throw came in on one hop, and Joe said that he caught the, caught the one-hop throw with one hand, but the runner was safe. Fly ball deep center off the bat of Merrifield, and the catch is made by Mercado, and for the Royals, two down. I don't even know how that can happen because, you know, growing up, you become such routine in situations. You played baseball, little league, and junior high, and high school, in college, or and then in professional ranks. And you've had that moment so many times where you've taken the mask off and throw it off to the side. <laughs> you take your glove off. <laughs> I can't even. Hey, you're in the big leagues, boy. <laughs> That's one of those. Never seen that happen yeah. before. Yeah, that's what Joe said. And Graziola was a catcher as a player. I don't think I've heard Denny Matthews laugh like that he in a while. He, he, he chuckled. That was him and Steve Fiziak on the Royals Radio Network. Yeah, I, I was driving home and, and I thought about that story. Yeah. And it made me think of maybe you watching that play or listening to it. Do you have any memory of that? I have no memory of that. You have no memory of at well, all sometimes. No, and and that would have been before I started following Cardinal baseball. That's true, way back in the day. Yeah, because Hal Smith, I believe, is a guy, I think he hit a home run for the Pittsburgh, I want to say he played for the Pittsburgh Pirates and hit like a home run in the 1960 World Series. Ooh. Yeah. That was that. No, not, not Bill Mazeroski. No, but right. that was that World Series. That, was, that would have been an interesting World Series to watch. Because what I remember about the 60 World Series is that the Yankees lost four games of three, but in the three games they won, they scored like 16 runs in one game and 12 runs in a game and 10 runs a game, something like that. And of course, it ended with Bill Mazeroski walking it off with a, one of the most memorable home runs in baseball. The shot heard around the world. Yeah. Steve, I wanted to talk about one thing on a little different subject real quick before we transition into what I wanted to talk with you about today, and that is replay review in professional sports. There has been a lot of news, and of course the the coverage of Tyler Skaggs, who was a pitcher for the Los Angeles Angels, who died suddenly on Monday morning, and the Angels were in Texas. They were supposed to be playing a game against the Rangers that day, ended up having to postpone that game, and then they ended up playing last night, a very emotional day for the Angels. And we don't get to talk about it all that often, but you know, sports are are strange. And and sports, we, we kind of forget about the fact that they're people and that things like this happen. And one that I know would stand out to you a little bit more was a guy that I know you watched and, and, and followed a little closer, and that was Daryl Kyle. Whenever this almost exact same thing Happened in 2001, 2002, somewhere around there. Have you been reading up on this Tyler Skaggs situation? Yeah, and it's, you know, and the thing is, it's it's bad enough that it happened, but it happened to the Angels, who have just been the most star-crossed organization in baseball. They had a pitcher named Nick Aiden Hart, I believe his name was. Who got in a car wreck. Died in a car wreck. They had Lyman Bostock, an outfielder who had, Really put up had a great year with the a great career with the Twins and, and signed, you know was playing for the Angels and they were expecting big things from him. He died. Um, Chico Ruiz, another former Angel, passed away. Uh, you know, and they've just had a lot of tragic things happen. There's been a lot of young players that have died in the last three or four years yeah. in Major League Baseball, and I, I was trying to think about it before we came on air. Giordano Ventura, Giordano Ventura, who, Jose Fernandez, right. There, there's just been a lot, and I was trying to think 
going back to like football or basketball, I don't really remember as many football players right. you know, dying like this, sort of Joe, suddenly. Joe Delaney for the Chiefs drowned trying to save a child, I believe it was. And of course, Derek Thomas. Right, Derek Thomas. But I don't remember as many recent ones. And with the NBA, I don't really remember any recent deaths no. like this. Uh, there was a, there and maybe was it's just Drazen, because there are a lot of Drazen, baseball players. Was there a Drazen Petrovich or something like that? I think he he was a basketball player that died young. Well, I shouldn't say young, but while he was still in the prime of his career. But no, I've been, I, I, in fact, I watched uh, uh, a lot of the video uh, from the post game from the Angels last yeah. night. And it's obvious, you know, we forget baseball players spend more time for about seven months of the year, eight months of the year with their team than they do their own families. Right, because they're, they're constantly on the road. They're constantly on they're the road. They're constantly traveling together. Right, so, I mean, they really are. I mean, they're not blood brothers, but when they say rest in, pre- pe- rest in peace brother, it's like a brother. I mean, they spend, they're with these these guys 24-7 for, like I say, you know, other than the All-Star break, you know, six months out of the year, that's, that's their family. And baseball is probably the sport compared to a lot of other sports where, you spend so much time at the stadium because you can go to players like Alex Gordon who gets to the facility at 7 a.m. every day and does 5,000 push-ups and then goes through a whole batting practice that there are guys that they spend their entire days there. Right. And, and so it, it's a weird sport that way that you get to spend so much time, but part of the reason why these guys are always so close. And, yeah, it was a very emotional end of that game for the Angels last night. And they ended up winning, yeah. and so there there were a lot of montages that I was watching on, on their TV network, and yeah, just a, a very and sad Tyler day. Skaggs was a guy that was really coming on. He'd pitched against the Royals here recently, and uh, left-hander. I think he was about seven and six, eight and six this year. Had a decent record. Had a great curveball. Uh, was regarded was regarded as one of the real rising stars in baseball. So just a horrible, horrible tragedy for the Angels, and you know you just. Your heart goes out to, uh, you know, uh, his family, the team. Uh, and Major League Baseball felt it all around. Yeah. I mean, everybody did something to honor him at the games uh, last night. So uh, a real loss and a real tragedy. Steve, let's switch gears here. And I want to talk about replay review okay. in professional sports. And it stems from something I saw yesterday, and I want to talk about that next. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, The Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. We're back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE. Steve, I was... Watching the World Cup yesterday. Were you watching the World Cup? No. Do you know who was playing? Yes. The U.S. taking on England. England. Yeah. And I was watching that game here while working. And there were a couple of plays and decisions late in that game that, that started off that started to get my mind to run. 
So initially, one of the things that I, I first saw with this, well, first off, are you familiar with VAR technology? No. So VAR technology, the best thing for me to probably compare it to you for you would be like the technology that they use to determine the strike zone for Fox Sports. Oh, cool. So how when whoever throws a pitch, Danny Duffy throws a pitch, and it can tell you where that ball crossed the zone and whether or not it was really a strike. So it's a similar technology that they use in soccer, and initially this was started off as goal line technology. They put it on the line because, remember, in soccer, in order for it to be a goal, the entire ball has to cross the line. Correct. So the reason that they use this technology is to say, ooh, if three inches of that ball were still on the line when it got kicked back out, that they can go back and review. Or if they say, hey, that wasn't a goal, but really the whole ball crossed, that they could go back, change that. And they started implementing that a couple of years ago, and I believe maybe the 2014 World Cup on the men's side. So it's called Video Assistant Referees. Okay. The assistant referee is the one that stands there and does offsides or right, makes right. these calls, but it's a technology where you can see it with a computer. So now at the World Cup, and this is the first year that I've really noticed it being used as much as it has been, was I saw it yesterday, and I've seen it with other games of this World Cup, but England is down 2-1 against the USA. And England passes through. A girl for England is able to track it down. Scores. So it's 2-2. And all the USA fans are starting to get a little nervous. They go back and they check every goal with the VAR technology. And the England player was about the tip of your finger offsides. Okay. And the VAR confirmed that she was just barely offside. So they waved the goal off. Ooh. Then England is still down 2-1. This is about the 80th minute now. And there's a cross that's coming in. Girl is going right toward the ball, right toward the goal. The pass is going to be at her foot. And she gets clipped from behind by the U.S. player and gets taken down. And they call it a penalty kick initially, but go back and review it, and they confirm it. And the thing that was a little frustrating to me is that it just kept slowing down the pace of the game. Right. And the question I was asking is, why are there even assistant refs? Why do we have officials if they don't make any calls that stand? Why do we have MLB umpires if we could just use a robot to tell you whether it's a ball or a strike? And I think the game may come to that. So maybe not in my lifetime, but we have become such a world of technology. But every call in this game... yeah. They were all determined by this robot, by this technology. And so my question is, why is that person even there? What's the point? Why, why would they use it yeah. if every single call they can just go back and check? Well, and that, that's a it, good... Isn't there a part of sports that you like the, the element? I like the human, the human element. Yeah, they've taken the human element out of a lot of sports. And uh, uh, I, I, I just go back. I, I keep going back to baseball. I just feel like baseball at some point will have, and that is going that would really be weird if you have a home plate umpire whose only job basically is, is to just tell you if it's a strike to hand the ball to the catcher. Yeah, and that's basically going to be the job of the home plate umpire. I mean, every call is going to just basically be it's going to be they can just buzz in his ear after the pitch is thrown and he stands up and they go strike 
And yeah. so he turns and goes, Hur! Yeah, yeah. Or he just stands up and does nothing, and everybody knows it's a ball. Well, I I still miss the NFL. You know, I, I NF, instant replays probably helped the NFL. Then that was the next point I was going to make. Yeah, the NFL is the one where now they're – did they pass – I don't know if this is something that has actually happened, but they were talking about – you can challenge on pass interference. Is yes, that, is, and, and that passed. And that I did, have and I have the rules. Okay. I was ready to read them to you. Okay, well, pass interference to me, I mean, I know you want to get it right, but you're going to make games so long. They're going to be – NFL games are already just terribly long, not as long as the college the games. The college games. The college games. Oh, well, that's because the college game doesn't run their clocks right. They – stop on incomplete passes and everything. but So the rule with pass interference will be that in the final two minutes of each half or in overtime that the booth can decide to review a play and review for pass interference. And by the way, I've read this. They are going to be only ruling on clear and obvious visual evidence that the ruling was incorrect. So an example would be like the Saints against the Rams in the NFC Championship game this past year where there was just a blatant pass interference. Oh, that was horrible. That was not called. That may have been the all-time biggest blown call in the history of sports. And I think that that's what they want to do with it. But when do we stop? If we continue to expand replay, how long will it be until we are replaying a holding call? Yeah. How long until we are replaying roughing the passer? What do they say? You could call holding on every play. Right. So, so when do we get to the point where that happens? When do we just start reviewing everything? And for me, especially with the pass interference, it makes a really big difference. And you always hear those former refs that are on the broadcast with mm-hmm. them say, you know, when it's in slow motion, it looks a whole lot more easy to call yeah. than it is in real time. And I get that you want to get it right, but frame by frame, How much are we going to define that the defender got there early? If he got there .1 seconds early, where for the last 80 years it's not a pass interference, and now we're going to start calling ticky-tack little, oh, he was there just a centimeter early, he bumped him just a little, and that's pass interference. I think they're going to have to. How do we rule it? Yeah, I think think everything's going to have to, to me, is going to have to be a coach's challenge. I mean – because now they look at stuff even without a coach's challenge. They, they, they call it an Not as much in the NFL. Yeah, but they call it an officials. Well, college football is the one. They just re- review everything. Oh, it's terrible. I, I just That's why the college game. You know, college football used to be one of my favorite sports to watch. And now it's gotten to the point where, for one thing, the two teams combined throw about 140 passes every game. And you got so many reviews, stoppages, and plays. Been, and you've got Arkansas that's just so bad, and KU's that's K, so yeah, bad. Yeah, KU stinks. <laughs> Makes college football not yeah. as fun. But my, my general point with this, and I've, I've mentioned it a few times, that I like to listen to Nick Wright, and I watch his show in the mornings mm-hmm. on FS1. Would you rather go back and take away instant replay, or would you rather have everything reviewed all the time? If you could go back and tell the people... When they started instant replay, I don't know, in the 90s or early 2000s with football and baseball and everything, would you rather go back to a time where it's all humans controlling this and and, and, the, and the human element of football or basketball, or would you rather be able to 
just say, we're going to review everything. You want to get it right. I know we want to get it right. Yeah. But just think, if there had been instant replay in 1982, my St. Louis Cardinals would have won the World Series. Well, what about 85? Or 85, I mean. They yeah. Won. Dinkinger. Didn't we, they win in Don, 82? Yeah, they won in 82. Don Dinkinger, wouldn't, we wouldn't even be talking about Don Dinkinger to this day. Right. It, it's just, it, it's hard because I like a lot of elements of replay, especially when it comes to the clock. Like in college basketball or the NBA, where they can go back and say, okay, at what exact point did the ball hit out of bounds? Mm-hmm. It's very easy to call. Mm-hmm. You just have to go back and look at it. Yeah. The ball hit, where's the clock? Oh, it's at 3.4 seconds left. When did they call timeout? That's very easy. But I've always been just confused when we're reviewing judgment calls. Because how close are we going to call this? Is it if the defender in the NFL makes any sort of contact that it's a pass interference? Yeah. Because and, we've been letting it go for, why, since the beginning of does, football. Why does the last two minutes of the first half matter? To me, I don't see the big point. I don't understand the last two minutes of the and, first and half. And I couldn't figure that out either. To me, to me, it should be the last two minutes of the game when it, you know, when the outcome can be decided. But then at some point there will be a massive play that happens with 2.04 sure. left to go in the game. Oh, yeah. And then they'll be saying the same oh, thing fourth? and go, why Ooh. don't we expand it to three minutes? Why yeah. don't we expand it to the fi- the fourth quarter? Yeah. How about the second half? Okay, let's just do the whole game. Well, look at the NBA. I mean, look how many calls in the NBA. You know, you can't look until the last two minutes. You can see about four, four or five calls in the last two minutes in the NBA. Right. But most of those are with the time. And where time is just so important in basketball because you know you can see it and, it and it's going down by tenths of a second at the very end. Where with football, the time isn't quite as important until the very, very end. Until there's like three seconds left that you want to get one more playoff. And that's why I like it with, with basketball. But what about with baseball? Have you liked replay since they added in 2013 or 14? I have actually liked baseball replay. because And they're you, typically quick. Yeah. Well, yeah. And... And baseball replay, you get so few challenges in baseball. Right. So, you know, it, it goes I – don't, I have no problem with it in baseball. Would you be opposed to a computer calling balls and strikes? I wouldn't like that. I just wouldn't like that. I just – who knows? Could the computer be malfunctioning? You don't know if the computer's malfunctioning or not. Well, it's MLB. They'll if, spend the best amount of you money. You don't know if the sensors are, you know, are, you know – on the mark, so something could be off. I still like the human element on balls and strikes. I just I just think that needs to stay. I just don't know where we're going to get to the point of where replay is just everything and that there are no officials. Somebody's just watching it on the TV screen. I don't know. I, I, I just got a little rattled by that yesterday when I was watching the game. And, of course, I well, was— you do get rattled. I do. I was rooting for the Americans, but I, and I think that they probably got the calls— Correct. Yeah. But if you're going to call a penalty, let's just call it. Yeah. Let's not go review it. You called it. You said it's a foul. Because then if you go back and say, oh, well, there was just a little tiny Could you see what? Click. How would Coach Adrian use replay? Could well, you? he tweeted back at me because I posted about it oh, and okay. said, how are we going to go too far? And he said, well, the goal line technology, that's still good and it's still very important. But they've got some kinks to work out with just – in-game play. I don't know. It's just hard for me to 
get behind reviewing every foul in a soccer game, and then they ended up having like seven extra minutes at the end. I don't know. It just it bothers and, me. And that is the thing that really bothers me about soccer. Extra time. Who determines extra time? The officials. What, what is extra time? I mean, it's the amount of it, time that's wasted. It's stoppage. It's time. lollygagging time, is what it is. <laughs> All I'm right. about you lollygaggers. <laughs> you lollygagged the first. Yeah, that's right. You lollygagged that's the right. second. All right, let's, let's take our final break. We're back after this. You're listening to According to Jim, ninety-six point seven FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, The Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Ramping up today's According to Jim. Steve, we won't have a show tomorrow. We will be celebrating the 4th of July. Yes. You might be napping. I will be napping. You might be playing golf. Will you play any golf tomorrow? I'm not going to play golf tomorrow. Why not? This should be your day to golf. I'm taking the day off. I, I stink right now. That's true. I really stink. What about some fireworks? you have any interest in, in, in going and watching a fireworks show? No. There will be... <laughs> There will be enough fireworks with the people across the street from where we live. There will be enough fireworks. That will be quite the show. I like the way you phrased that. Where we live. Yeah. We do live over there now. Yeah. Or I do. Yeah. Yeah, you've moved into the neighborhood. (laughs) So you have no interest in doing anything patriotic. I'm just Putting on your red, white, and blue and walking down the street. I'm just going to chill. I'm going to stay under the air conditioner, probably watch some baseball on TV and... Call it good. That sounds like a good 4th of July. It does sound good. Sounds like a restful day. I need you deserve rest. it, Steve. I need some rest. Take my, a day on. My batteries really need recharge. Kick your feet up. I can do that. Have yourself a frosty beverage. I don't think I need to do that. No, nice, an, nice, an icy. Nice glass a of Slurpee. Milk. A big glass of milk would hit the spot. <laughs> All right, Steve. No show tomorrow. We'll be back on Friday. We'll do some Friday trivia, all sorts of fun things on okay. Friday. Wrapping up today's show for Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you on Friday. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, The Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.